Hello, welcome back to another edition of the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. I am your host, as always, the mouth of Michigan, Robin Dyka. With me, as always, my co-host, the Merck Zone, Mike Merkel. I'm here. Michigan action, once again, the whaleman, Kyle Bozanowski. He is out of town, but it's fine. We can... I think we'll be able to do this episode without him, unfortunately. I think, so. I think we're going to be able to handle it, Mike. I think we're going to be able to do it. I don't know. We're going to try. We've got so much to go over. I say that every week, but the sports world is constantly changing. We are going to go over the Lions' new staff changes. We have a new defensive coordinator, a new special teams coordinator. Then we're going to jump right into another edition of the Merck Zone Mock Draft. Later on in the second half of the show, we're going to talk about the NBA trade deadline is coming up here in the next couple weeks, especially the D-Rose stock for us Pistons fans. And then we're going to talk some professional wrestling. We had some groundbreaking stuff happen Past couple weeks, Tessa Blanchard, the first woman to win a major North American singles championship uh, ever, really, the world championship in Impact Wrestling. And then we're also going to talk, um, what else are we going to talk about, Mike? What else are we going to talk about? Uh, just way too much good content <laughs> is what we're going to talk about. <laughs> Oh boy, our transitions, our transitions are great. All right, but let's just <laughs> let's just jump right in though. We're gonna talk about um, Lions have a new defense coordinator, uh, Corey Unlin, the defensive backs coach from the Philadelphia Eagles, and then they also have the new uh, special teams coach. Uh, I think what's his name? Is it Brandon Tombs? I think Is that his name. The special teams coordinator. I think. Do you want me to fact check? Coach, yeah, yeah. Fact check me really, real fast. But he's the he was the assistant special teams coach uh, for Cincinnati. He's now our special teams coach. Uh, Cincinnati, one of the top special teams in the league, which they got to do something right because everything else they were terrible. Um, But I want to talk about specifically just for a second um, the defensive coordinator hire, Coach Unlin from. Philadelphia Eagles. I know some Lions fans had some reservations about this hire. Um, he was formerly with the Patriots, I think, for one season, the same season that Patricia broke in. So they were kind of together for one season, and then they you know, kind of went their separate ways. Um, so there's a little bit of a tie-in there, and they've kind of formed a relationship. Um, Mike, just before we kind of go into the kind of pros and cons, what did you think of the hire? It was kind of a name out of nowhere, but I kind of felt like we said the same thing about Daryl Bevel before he got hired. Um, yeah, it was kind of out of nowhere. Um, <laughs> I'm looking through his, uh, the the resume? De- yeah, his resume right yeah. now. It's uh, not too, I mean, he did coach the Philadelphia Eagles defensive backs the last couple years. Right, yeah. And you know how good they were defensively in the backfield. <laughs> well, let's, so. well, hold on, let's talk about that for a second, right? Is because I think that was the reason why I think a lot of Lions fans went, oh, crap, is because of that. But to, to, to I guess, to his defense, I guess, the best yeah. way of putting that, there ain't been a lot of talent in that secondary. They've been banged up for it feels like two years, yeah. right? I mean, uh, their cornerback situation ain't great, you know, really. I mean, yeah. Sidney Jones didn't turn out to be what they wanted. And I guess you can maybe attribute some of that to his lack of development. Maybe that falls on him. Maybe it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but outside of him, I mean, who else did they have? They had Craven LeBlanc, a guy that the Lions cut starting for them. I think they had... Um, who else there? They had somebody else too that I I think that was a former lion out there. Oh, what was his name from uh, from the Patriots? He was from Boston College. Remember Calvin destroyed him that one year when uh, Chip Kelly was there. You remember his name? Mm-hmm. He played for New, he plays for New England now I think too. Jo- uh, Rowe. remember him? He was oh there yeah at one yeah point. yeah. So the, oh the yeah yeah, yeah remember I that? that guy. <laughs> <laughs> but um I mean but you yeah, look at right. it though outside of uh, Malcolm Jenkins, right? I don't think a lot of people can really name. I mean, what, no, Don, I mean Rodney McLeod. We can't. Know? I can't give too much hate. They didn't win the Super Bowl as he was the defensive backs coach, so right. he was helping. Did on something the staff. right? Yeah, did something right. Yeah. yeah so, um, yeah, it's going through his resume. 
I mean, I don't think he's going to be. I, I think he's just kind of. He's kind of the guy there because Patricia's probably going to be doing a lot of the work. On the, the play defense. calling, right? And we yeah. haven't we have no confirmation whether or not Patricia's going to be actually calling the plays or if, or if Unlin is. But all we're presuming that he would probably be calling the plays. Uh, Patricia yeah. was. So I think you just kind of get a guy that you can trust to help you with the scheme because yeah. he was there for mm-hmm. a hot minute uh, when Patricia did go into New England. Right. So I think it's just kind of one of those hires that was like. I trust you, right. and you can just help me. You know, kind of get some pointers. Like if I'm looking at something wrong, you can help. Do you me out. think that it was a prerequisite for him at all, like from Patricia, that he was looking for somebody who had specialized in defensive back play because of how little they blitz a lot of times? Where you expect that you guys are going to be in coverage. We're going to play a lot of man. We're gonna you're going to have to be able to cover. So do you think that because of his experience with the defensive back specifically, like we're almost going to have a Dallas Cowboy thing where like Chris Richard was the passing game coordinator? But you know, you still had another guy calling the defensive plays. Yeah. Well, I think it's going to help with uh, developing the linebackers in pass coverage. Yeah, for sure. Because Patricia is going to be fitting the scheme in, right? And defensive coordinator now is probably his role is going to be mm-hmm. okay. Since we're only going to blitz three because that's our scheme. Yeah. Everyone, this is how you guys have to go back and cover. Right. And since he's a defensive back coach, he can really help with all that. All right. The development and kind of elevate of some yeah. of those guys. So maybe I mean it's not going to. It's not. I don't think a bad hire. I just don't think it's. A flashy. I line. think everybody wanted Wade Phillips. I think when yeah. people originally saw him be released, right, they were like, you know, he's he did some great things in in St. Louis or I guess L.A. He was in Denver for a while. They want to they want a Super Bowl there with him as defense coordinator. Um, I think those are the two things where you kind of go, okay, like this is this is the guy, right? Mm-hmm. So I mean. Um, I think that's a big thing for us. I don't necessarily think that, once again, it, it's nothing earth-shattering. I don't think it's anything. But I, uh, knowing what this Lions regime has done, I don't know what anybody else really expected. They're not the kind of staff, front office, whatever you want to call it, that's really going to go out there and go get the quote-unquote flashy hire. Yeah. You know what I mean? They've never really done that. Um, they still have some spots that they need to fill in. I think they technically still need a linebackers coach, uh, which is, might as well be Patricia because that's really what he does anyway. Um, and I still think technically they need a defensive backs coach, but they're they're saying that Steve Gregory, the assistant D-backs coach from last season, is probably just going to get promoted there. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, I think you know the staff is kind of fleshed out. I do want to talk about real quick here um, the um, the Senior Bowl, real quick, because the Lions have the chance to coach the Senior Bowl, right? How big of an impact do you think that that is uh, as helping the Lions? San Francisco, you know, coached the Senior Bowl last year. They're in the Super Bowl this year, which, by the way, we're going to talk about on a quick hitter episode. That's right, quick hitters are coming back, uh, which will be released later this week. But, um, you know, they get a chance to coach these guys, right? You're letting your staff kind of really get into a rhythm, you know, kind of with the new guys in place. How important is that, do you think, in your side as we kind of transition here to the mock draft here in a second to where you feel like they're going to get an even more in-depth look at some of these guys? Yeah. You know, a lot of times when teams coach the senior bowl, it's like, all right, there's a familiarity, how they like to be coached, can they be coached, those kind of things. Yeah. I think it just gives them a, an extreme leg up when it comes to you know what they're seeing, especially maybe not in the first round, but in later rounds where they can find a guy where they go, yeah, he did really really well, and you know was really able to understand the techniques and the stuff like that that we were showing. Yeah, I think it's a win-win, um, especially with the new coaching yeah, regime. Yeah, right. Uh, just being able to like get together and really yeah, coach like, a, yeah. a meaningful he, game. Yeah, right. Here's what we want to see. Right. Yeah, like here's a practice it, round almost. Right? Yeah, of yeah. what is going to be expected for the next year. Yeah. So you get that with a new unit. And plus, as you, I think you hit every nail in the coffin there. Right. To okay, this guy in the third round, who are we gonna take? All of our guys are 
off right. the board, right. or there's only a couple guys left, and you're right. like, I remember coaching him. Yeah. You know, Bevel could be like, that yeah, wide receiver right, right, band, yeah. he, he yeah. has potential, right. or whatever, or whatever right. you're looking for. Yeah, for, for. sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think it's like a win-win mm-hmm. in all yeah. areas. Right. I think I think really you get a chance to kind of work with those guys. You know, it was kind of cool to see them on ESPNU, Patricia having to get bleeped out as much as he did. Yeah. I thought that was hilarious. Oh, was the like, best one was when he walked up to Belichick and went, yo, I'm Mike, so don't say anything. <laughs> it was so awesome. Yeah, exactly. Or the one oh where, God. did you see when Shay muffed a snap? Mm-hmm. And he just goes, this is Pop Warner crap out here. Get to this, can't take take stab. Come on! And I was like, oh my gosh. But obviously, there's a lot more vulgar than that. Cause oh, yeah. just, I just imagine a guy at a mixer board, just like with like the pause yeah. button. He's or the mute button, like, yeah, he's just like, like looking around. Wait, oh, right here, like Morse code, like da 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 I thought that was hilarious. But it's just something for people to think about. So I like to revisit that as, as the draft goes on here in the next couple months, where we kind of see, okay. Out of those people, how many did they take that they maybe coached at the Senior Bowl or were at the Senior Bowl that maybe Cincinnati coached, you know, where you can kind of get that feel of, oh, okay, like they must have really liked what they saw out of this guy, right? Mm -hmm. It's interesting, too, because the Lions are kind of known for taking guys with necessarily high floors, right? So, like, they come in and they're already not terrible, but the ceilings are kind of mixed, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, sometimes they take guys and maybe their ceiling is – Here's their floor, but maybe this is only their ceiling. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're solid, reliable guys, but not anything that's going to take you and wow you over the top. You know what I mean? So maybe this is the year where they kind of, because they get a little more intel, they can kind of mm-hmm. grow that a little bit. But uh, interesting to see nonetheless. So I'm, I'm interested to see what, what change the defense happens. But let's go right into this mock draft, though, another addition here. Um you know, we've been doing this now the last couple weeks. If you don't know what it's about, right, Mike, obviously, will go in, find a new mock draft every single week. We go over it, see the Lions picks, see who the first couple picks are, anything major in the next couple rounds, if it's noteworthy. Um, these are really fun just to kind of get you guys in the draft spirit here in Detroit. That's pretty much the only time we get to look forward to is the draft. There's still a season of hope where you're ready to be hurt all over again as the upcoming season happens. Um, but it's going to be – it's a lot of fun. We like to do it a lot here. Uh, maybe this year, Mike, I was thinking maybe we do like a – a mock draft like the first round. Maybe we do like a, a big board. You know, maybe oh, me, you, you and wanna, Kyle or something like that yeah, where we kind of walk them down and mark them off like here's our draft board, here's this draft board and kind of see what we do here. I think it might okay. be I think it might be fun. But all right, let's go into here though. Um, who is this mock draft from? Right, we got like conflicting well, stuff. Kind here. of. I'm reading right now. Okay. But it's never good. Yeah, that's never a good sign. Yeah, I, I got it. <laughs> it sucks. Um... Was it from Matt Miller, I'm assuming, or Bleacher? It is. It's not Bleacher? Okay. But, yeah, but it's not. They did, like, trades. I don't know. They didn't tell me what the this trades is, this are. This got so trades? I, All right, well, yeah. let's just go with the trades, and we'll just kind of we'll kind of guesstimate, I guess. All right, I guess we're going to guess. See, okay. That's what we'll, we do. That's yeah, what we'll we do. With, you we'll, know, we'll, we'll roll with it. There you go. You know, we we'll, usually we'll, we'll never have. a couple harder yeah, we never have. Yeah, we never have mock drafts a lot of times that predict the trades because it's so hard to guess value, right? Yeah. That's the hardest part, right? But if we went over a couple weeks ago, um, with a possible Miami trade, right? Like, you would have to include at least Miami's number five pick and then at least a second-round pick. Obviously, there'd probably be more coming with that because of the high pick range that we're at. So it's kind of fun to kind of predict, and then we'll kind of go around with that. But let's go ahead. So this is from Matt Miller, Bleacher Report. What is this, like his fifth draft mock draft he's already done? Yeah. I don't. It's funny to me. I don't understand how people can have so many mock no drafts out already if considering that no free agency has happened yet. Like, nobody's been re-signed. Nobody's been signed to extensions. Nobody's been signed off free agency. So it's like, I don't know how picks change if 
nothing's happened. Yeah. <laughs> you know what oh, I mean? No, like, like it is crazy. Like it's like what are you hearing? You know. So it's always it's always an interesting topic to me where you go. I don't know okay. what the hell's happened. You ready? Yeah. Wait. No, they don't have trades. They I don't. To you. No. Oh, no. you got me all excited. Yeah, got all right. Yeah, I, got, I got you. I got, got you. Got me the all edge. excited for no reason. I'm sorry. All right. All right. Anyway. Okay. Um. So. Do you want to... So first pick, Joe Burrow. Yes. Right? Second pick, Chase Young. Yes. Okay. So... That's not changing. Yeah, that's not changing, unfortunately, right? Do you see Do you see any way, shape, or form that Cincinnati doesn't take Burrow, number one, and shines a shockwave, right? Like, do you think there's any way at all that all of a sudden, like, that he's still on the board after pick one? Any at all? Like, uh, you think Tua or, like, Justin Herbert's the senior bowl MVP? I mean... National Championship, Senior Bowl MVP, they're weighted pretty much the same, don't you I, think? When you look at his stats and his hype, there's almost no chance. No chance. Right? Basically no chance. Really? You don't like Ryan Lindley or whatever the guy is from no. NC State? <laughs> Maybe they give the Red Rocket one more chance. I don't know. Yeah. But, all right. So, Joe so Burrow. So, the first two taken. Yeah, right. Um, so, now we are at number three. The Lions are on the clock. Sound effects. Boom, boom, boom. Okay. And... <laughs> Who do they pick, Rob? Uh, well, I'm I'm on the Okuda train. I'm guessing that's where they're gonna stay. Is the Okuda train? Is that your final? Yeah, answer? I'm gonna, I need, I need yeah, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lock it in. Okay, lock it in. Deal or no deal. is walking up, and you are yeah. wrong. Actually, really? Yes. Who do they got? Derek Brown. Isaiah Simmons. Wow, there it is. Okay, I'm glad that you found a draft with this because we've kind of been hinting at it, and I've been talking to some people uh, off air where basically we've talked about this. But if you're a Lions fan. And, and I'm, I'm being 100% honest with you here. I know that it sounds stupid to think, oh my gosh, we're going to take the line. Bless you. The linebacker position almost feels like the wide receiver position now for Alliance fans, where it's like, no, we can't take another, we can't take another linebacker. We can't take a this. You know what I mean? Like yeah. tight end is another one. But in all honesty, guys, now I don't know if it happens at three, but I honestly believe that Derek Brown from Auburn, um, Jeff Okuda from Ohio State, the corner, and just or Isaiah Simmons are the three top prospects that the Lions are looking at. Now, I have no insider information on that, but looking at their needs, looking at Isaiah Simmons, the size, the range ability, the fact that he plays in, a, you know, the fact he can play both inside and outside, he looks like a linebacker who can play strong safety. That's what I look at him. He's going to blow up the combine. I already know he is. He's going to run a fast 40. He's going to look great. You know what I mean? I think he's a top 10 pick for sure. Um, But this is a guy, if you're looking at scheme and you're looking at a guy that you can hope make an impact right away, this necessarily wouldn't shock me. Are you... Are you okay with that pick at three, or would you prefer that to be say five six? Say oh. say like say three is two, all right? We trade down, right? Four is Jerry Judy. Who's got the fifth pick overall? Oh, Miami. Oh Miami. So all right, yeah. so we trade down. All right, so say then, say all three guys are still on the board, yeah. right? Those three guys, right? Are you are you okay with Simmons there, or would you? And not even out of those three guys I just mentioned. Maybe there's somebody else that yeah. you like better than I do. But I think those are the three positions of need. I think they have to go defense, clearly. Yeah. Um, I don't think um, – I wouldn't go D-line at all. Really? Even okay. if you love Derek Brown. Even I if you just, think he's the next Sue. Unless unless you trade down that far. Like yeah. somehow you get a deal with Carolina and they jump up and right. you're at seven and those that, guys could take That's it a team, too, that could possibly take a quarterback. We have no yeah. idea what Cam Newton's doing. Matt rules the whole – he's got a yeah. seven-year, $60 million contract. He's got time to build this however he wants. Yeah, so I'm just kind of – you look at that and I'm like, I just think they're D-line – from what they had last year, mm-hmm. I think it's still real. Like you have Trey Flowers, you have Deshaun, you know, Deshaun Hand, Hand, you right. have 
you know, snacks if he's there. Like, you have these, like, pieces that are yeah, there. Right. So I'm like, if you just take another D lineman, I think they're far... If you're looking at needs mm-hmm. exclusively, mm-hmm. I think you need the corner two, and I do think you need at least another linebacker. Right. So I think those are the two that I would take if right. you're going to go that route. Right, for sure. Game. Especially if you don't know what Jared Davis's future with exactly. the team is going to look like long-term. Like, let's be honest here, right? I think Jared Davis, once again, improved... Yeah. But did he get where you needed to be? Yeah. No, I do not think so at all. Yeah. So I think that that's – I'm just saying, man, with, with this scheme, if he's your Dante Hightower kind of guy, right, that he could be your be-all, end-all backer where middle, outside, it does not matter, mm-hmm. rush the passer, that's very important in this scheme. You know what I mean? So I And I think that, that – I think he's just a playmaker at yeah, the end of the day. I think that I think that that's the one thing that I think Quinn has kind of missed the mark on at times. Like Galladay in the third round, right? That's a playmaker, right? He is our. He is, you know, he has potential. I know Lions fans are gonna kill me here, but he has potential to put up Calvin Johnson numbers. Like that's Kenny Galladay. Yeah. He's. I mean, he's doing it right now. He led the league in touchdowns last year with David blah 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 and Jeff Driscoll throwing him the ball. So you can't tell me that's out of the realm of possibility. Um, is there anybody else that you would say maybe that's going in the top ten that you would like to that you maybe has a consideration at number three because all these mock drafts are kind of similar right but it's always interesting to see the kind of the you know the movement on one guy or another this is the first draft we've seen too where Simmons goes three um, so Okuda is usually the pick I think it's been the last three or four I think since we started has been him yeah um, I don't know and um, and just so you know, yeah like, right. Okuda goes number four in the Giants really yeah okay. they have so they don't even there. they don't even take a wide no, receiver so wow. they don't take the receiver because right. Okuda so I think Okuda would be their guy but they think everyone thinks that we're gonna take him right, so right. then you have to find somewhere else right to right fit right him right in there. absolutely um, outside of the t- in the top ten I don't really see anybody that's like yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's, a that's, guy. that's a guy that I think it's run. one of them too per, for me personally. Right, yeah. If you're going okay. to go defense. Yeah, for sure. I think they defense. have to go defense. All right, so let's go. How, how many rounds is this, Mark? This is just the three. one? This is a three? Okay, let's go. Is there anybody else? Let's, let's say five is two, uh, six, Herbert? Yeah, Derek Brown goes seven to Carolina. Okay. Uh, let's see. Any, uh, let me look. That's a value, I think, honestly, for them. Yeah. Uh, Las Vegas Raiders take CD Lamb at 12. Jerry Judy still hasn't gone yet? Uh, he goes eight to Arizona. Oh, okay. That's that's a great place yeah. for him to go. Um, interesting. AJ Epinesa, defense at Iowa, Iowa goes yep. thirteen to the Colts. Okay. Yeah, I yep. heard yep. he's 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 got the, a lot he's, of the, stuff he's the second one. He's basically yeah. it's Chase Young then him. I think it's too early, obviously, at three to take the second best in a draft class theoretically at number three overall, yeah. unless it's a quarterback, and then you're kind of interchangeable. Um, but nothing of too big a value, so we'll head yeah. to the second round here. Okay. Um, so to begin the second round, uh, Cincinnati will take Solomon Kinley, a guard out of Georgia. Okay. Beef up the O-line a little bit. And the Colts take Jacob Eason, quarterback out of Washington. That's a popular pick for them. I've mm-hmm. seen a couple times here. I'm interested to see if the Colts are in the quarterback market at all in free agency or if they're definitely going to reserve that for... Yep. For the draft, it'd be yeah. interesting. So going back last week, mm-hmm. I had them picking Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. As you remember, right. they are not taking Jonathan Taylor this time. Okay. So who do you think? Is there a realm that you think they're going to go to? I, I, you probably won't know the name. Yeah. But right. like, is there a realm that you think they're? Gonna I go mean, to? I, I, I mean, I can't wait for free agency frenzy. Like, yeah. I'm so excited. But with that being said, right, looking at the needs right now and the question marks they have, I think they could go wide receiver. Okay. And I think they could also – I mean, theoretically, they can go running back. I don't know if they do. I mm-hmm. think that's I, – I don't know. I feel like that's like kind of like, all right, we're just going to keep throwing resources at it till we finally figure out a guy. Now, if yeah. they took um, 
numb nuts from from Ohio State there. What's his J. name? K. Dobbins. J. K. Dobbins. I'm not going to say I'm upset because the guy's a beast tank. Uh, they do not take him. Right. I so like, um, I think they probably go. I'm just going to say a position because I don't know necessarily. Yeah, like, what, what, where do you think? I'm going to say they go offensive line. Offensive line. Yeah. Uh, they don't. No. They actually stick with the defensive okay. side of the ball. Okay. We're going to the secondary. Okay. Not the secondary you think, though. Safety? Mm-hmm. Really? They're taking Antoine Winfield Jr. safety out of Minnesota. Really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. What's the What's his logic on that? Because I get. I guess I get it, but I also don't get it. I, 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 he's a free safety or a strong safety? He doesn't. He doesn't uh, he's a ball hawking playmaker. So I'm assuming the free safety. That doesn't make any sense. But they do all, but... a lot of three safety Looks, schemes. Right. That's true. So I guess yeah. if you have that third safety to fly around while Will Harris right. goes up, especially if I guess if you're taking Isaiah Simmons, who in my opinion can play deep middle. Exactly. You know what I mean? Not like deep deep middle, but, no, like, but like he can play. Five, in, yeah, off. exactly. Right. He can cover any tight end in my opinion. So J.K. Dobbins, like last week, goes to the Chargers. Two picks right after us. Of course. See that's the that. Also, that must mean that they don't think Melvin Gordon's coming back either. That's interesting. Cool, cool, cool. All right, what's our third round pick to kind of close this bad boy out? Yeah, I'm assuming it. then they have to go. Here's where I'm going to say wide receiver. You're going to say wide receiver. I'm going to say wide receiver uh, here. That's up. surprising that they go defense. Defense, defense. I, I'm surprised they go safety. I guess because I think Tracy Walker is clearly a playmaker in the back of that. Mm-hmm. I think once again, Quinn's got a knack for whatever reason on hitting on third round picks and no one's ever heard of, but. <laughs> Um, so in the third round, yeah. they do go offensive line. Oh, okay. They take Lloyd Cushenberry, center out of LSU. Okay. All right. Yeah, we actually know who he is, right? Yeah. We saw him. He got yeah, he some got hype in the, in the national championship. They say team. that he's basically just like pretty versatile. Through I was gonna say, I was like, three. I was gonna say, I was like, if he's not gonna play center for us, he played guard. Yeah. Which he would said, make yeah, he said right. there he's pretty versatile. And can right. Probably that makes sense. But that's what you know, especially if they don't re-sign Glasgow to an extension. Which if they're gonna sign him, it's gonna be pricey. Yeah. Um, if they don't do that then once again offensive line is truly a point of emphasis once again i know people feel like that's not but it definitely could be and especially with if people think that your quarterback has durability concerns i'm not one of those people but if you do think that stafford has durability concerns that you're definitely hoping that either a they address it in free agency or they address it in the draft so mm-hmm. that's an interesting one though it's kind of i, I kind of like that I, yeah. I don't know actually i don't think i necessarily hate that but also, I'm hoping that means like it. That's inferring that we sign a wide receiver in free agency because they need another weapon. They just need. They need a third, they need right a third wide receiver. They need a slot guy yeah. for sure. Absolutely. All right. After the break, we are going to be talking some NBA trade action, including the trade rumors around Derrick Rose, and then we're going to hop in to some wrestling action to end the week. And then stay tuned for later on this week as another quick hitter episode from last year. I mean, if you guys remember our quick hitter series is actually coming back out. We're talking the Super Bowl. San Francisco 49ers, Kansas City Chiefs. Can we talk about all that after the break? Stick around. Hey guys, the mouth of Michigan, Robin Duck. You've been hearing me talk about Nick DiStefano for so long, but I'm going to keep telling you about him because he is the realtor of the stars. If he's the guy that the mouth of Michigan himself turns to to buy his house, wouldn't you be the person to go count to go give him a call i mean i've been talking about it on the show for weeks if you're a follower of the show and you have your anything you need you need to buy sell what rent it, it doesn't matter if you're buying your first house you're buying your fifth house he is the guy to call that's nick Stefano 586 556 
I can't recommend him enough. He helped me buy my house, guys. I wish I could tell you I was lying. I wish I could be the guy to be like, come out here. I'm not that good of a salesman. He is the guy for you, I promise you. Once again, that's 586-556-0304. Tell me I'm always right. Sports Podcast sent you. I guarantee you he will make you his top priorities because it's what he did for me, and that was before this show hit it big. So that's how you know he's the guy to go to. 586-556-0304. Now here's part two this week's episode. And welcome back to part two of this week's episode. Uh, let's just jump right in, Mike. NBA trade rumors here. Um, you know, as Pistons fans, the NBA season hasn't been that kind to us this year, clearly. clearly. Um, I mean, you're a LeBron fan too, so you've got other things to occupy your time. But <laughs> I, I watch way too much NBA. Do you? For my Even you, you're like, this is a lot. It is. <laughs> They have way too many good games on every day. Gosh dang it, right? Um, Like, I try to go to bed. I'm like, all right, 10 o'clock today. Yeah. And then on the West Coast, you got like. Mavericks, Clippers. I'm like, oh, well, I can't. Well, what am I going to do? Miss that regular season game? God forbid, right? And that's crazy. You make me laugh. That's funny. But lots of stuff going on, though, especially with our Pistons regarding Mr. Derrick Rose. And he's been on a tear, right? I think he just set his career-high 20-point 20 po- 20 point streak. I think he's had like 11 games. He had 20 points or more. Yeah. First time in his career. He's putting up MVP-like numbers, at least when he won the MVP. It's yeah. similar stat lines, right? He's really been the the only factor for the Pistons where you go, wow, he's kind of really keeping them afloat by themselves. Like, honestly, right? I think he's he's making everybody look better. And it really bums me out, actually, because I look at the rest of this team. You know, if you had Drummond, who was 100%, if Reggie was 100%, I know he's playing now, but and if, if, if Blake was playing, I really do think that, not NBA champions, clearly, yeah. but I definitely think we could have made a run in the playoffs where they could have at least won a series. I, I definitely think if they could have got to the 5-6 seed, I think they could have done it. Maybe. You know what I mean? I really do. You're pushing feathers. I think, well, I think with the develop, I mean, Sekou clearly looks like he's got potential, right? Yeah. I think this team is better than I think most people give him credit for yeah. at 100%. We're obviously not going to see that, uh-huh. but point being is the fact that they're even in the hunt at all for a playoff chase goes to show you that D. Rose is putting up some highlight real number kind of thing. But with that being said, though, because he's playing so well, you know, a lot of teams have maybe inquiring about him. I know LA has been calling about him. Uh, who else was calling about him? Was it was it Clippers too, or was it just the Lakers? Um, Lakers, the 76ers, I think, were yeah, another team was, that was calling two, about yeah. him, right? Um, is there is there a team that you think we would fit best on? Because I think it's the Lakers all day, every day, in my opinion. Um, yes, only because the Lakers just need a guard. Yeah, they don't have and, a point guard right now. And the problem that they run into is LeBron can take the ball down the court and start a play. Right. But then the second the play goes haywire, right. they don't have the guard to go back up and be like, all right, guys, all right, stop reset, reset. Reset, yeah. Because what they do is they go, crap, well, you're out of stuff to do. So either LeBron's going to drive it, LeBron's going to alley-oop it, or they do a pick-and-roll. <laughs> which, which is why they get stopped so much. Right. It's because right. when they run out of their play to go, they go, okay, we don't have much left. So it's Frank Vogel's like, LeBron, you called the play. I don't even know what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can I'll sub you out when you need it, but like besides right. that, you got this band. Yeah, right, um, pretty much. So I think with Derrick Rose there, you can kind of like halfway through run the play doesn't work. All right, D Rose set us back up, kind of thing. And like LeBron goes out to the corner. I'm telling you right now, you know, D Rose playing like he is. You got LeBron, Anthony Davis, and then put out two other guys on the court. Yeah, it does Danny matter. Green who can shoot. And even if you want, you can put like Avery Bradley or yeah, Al Caruso or whatever, yeah, whatever you want to do, and just. Yeah. Contavious Caldwell Pope. Yeah. 
have them both be shooters or yeah. whatever. Oh my gosh! I take I just, Rondo off the court. Right? Is it? I, do you think? I mean, for Philadelphia's sake, though, I think they're looking for another guy similar to what the Lakers are because they don't have a true point guard, right? Like they, they got they ben Simmons. They have Simmons, who's technically playing their point, but they run right. into the same situation. The Lakers do, yeah. where they get down the court and they go, okay, this didn't work, so now what are we going to do? Is there another team? Do you think like like a team like the Clippers or maybe Boston or Milwaukee would benefit mm. more from having him? Like, I know Milwaukee has a true point guard. I know they have Bledsoe there. Yeah. But, I mean... Like, uh, I, Milwaukee's I mean, problem is they need one more shooter. Yeah, they and Derrick Rose is they, not no, a quote-unquote shooter. They need, like, no. a Danny Green or a, a yeah. Lou Will. Like, just, like, a dead, like, right. I'm just going to If they were selling, player. if Pistons were selling the farm, like, if they had a Canard, Canard just, like, yeah. Oh, shot, yeah, just, be just catch and shoot, catch yeah. and shoot, and right. Isn't as consistent anymore. No, Corver would be that piece, right? If he was more consistent and right. more of his prime, kind absolutely, of thing. absolutely. Um, so that's what they run into. Um, Miami probably needs another big guy because they have mm. Bam Adebayo, but they that's not really the best case scenario <laughs> right. for them, right? For um, sure. What do you, what are the uh, let's say let's just you know we gonna go we gonna go through here. Is there you know what for you? Is there a guy or maybe a trade that would maybe tilt things out of favor for one team? Right, like if the Lakers trade for Derrick Rose, I think that makes their fourth quarter lineup redonkulous, yeah. and I think it makes them pretty hard to stop because you've got weapons everywhere. Um, is there another guy or another scenario where like you see if say if Boston makes a trade for a guy, they're gonna be really hard to stop, right? Or you know, or is there a situation where you go, this team, if they make the right move, can go from being a three to a one seed and really give the Lakers and or Clippers? Because let's be real here, it's a two team race in my it opinion. It's, I mean, it's Lakers, Clippers, and then whoever, and it's the Bucks. Um, <laughs> the Bucks are just waiting to see which one of those teams fight each other out for. Here's it. an interesting scenario that Derrick Rose could go to. Yeah, I think the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, absolutely. Because come I think, off the bench I think, behind Luca. Well, not even that, but Luca plays a shooting guard. Yeah, they don't. They don't have a true point guard really right, right. they have Seth Curry playing their point guard right. which uh, you can laugh but like that's like their yeah, point so, guard right, really right. so if you have Derrick Rose starting there mm-hmm. you have D Rose um Luca Luca with Christoph Porzingis yeah and then you can kind of just throw up Tim yeah, Hardaway and right. stuff I think that would be a really good Seth fit. can become an actual shooter yeah he yeah. can even move to the shooting guard Luca could go out a small forward or whatever mm-hmm. and then I think that would be a you know, because here's here's where they're going to run into, where the Lakers, I think when they go to the playoffs, they're going to have an eight-man rotation. Mm-hmm. I think their eight-man rotation's solid mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. Like, you, you have your starting five, you get Kuzma off the bench, yep. and you get whoever, Kirtavius Pope off Isn't the bench. Isn't it amazing that Kuzma's off the bench? Like, he was, like, the guy for yeah. them. Like, and now they're coming off the bench. It just shows you where you're just like, man, that roster makeover in two years has been crazy. crazy. Yeah, You have them, and then they're going to pretty much have a cruise to the... Uh, conference finals because yeah. they're playing unless they play the Clippers play, yeah. early for some uh, reason yeah. yeah but the Clippers are right now like the three seed yeah. so they're going to go through Utah and then Denver to get there right. where they're uh, anyway so I just think the Lakers if they got that one extra piece they're resting for two and a half weeks going right. into that Clippers game right. where I think the Clippers I think need a big guy yes or they're yes. not they have no bigs they no, have no, no bigs. real bigs like, like Montez be... Harold is nice yeah but he's not like a. Right. You need like. I, I was looking at the roster recently, actually, of them, because I'm like, all right, everyone talks about, you know, the big names, but I'm like, defensively, you know, like, interior wise, there ain't nothing there. Like, no, low get, key. Like, they who's guarding of, Anthony Davis? That That's. Like, like legitimately, who is guarding Anthony Davis yeah, on the Clippers right Montrose now? Montrose Harrow on him? Right. Good luck. All right, well, like, Anthony's going to go for 40 tonight because yeah. that's what's going to happen. So yeah, that, that's just, that's that's the problem where I think yeah. in a seven game series, I think that's why the Clippers, I think it got, I think a team like like them could easily try if they had the room to make a play for Drummond. 
If they yeah, didn't, they if they could, didn't because, dude, if they because like Drummond at least could give you some sort of presence in, in the, the in the middle where you could go, hey, at least he's a guy. He can play solid defense. He's yeah. not overly athletic, but he can play solid defense, and then he's just there to collect rebounds. That's that's my difference between the Clippers and the Lakers. Is yeah. the Cl- the Lakers have that inside presence to mm-hmm. get the rebounds. Mm-hmm. I don't ever look at the regular season, even though I love watching all the games. Right, I go. Okay, Clippers beat him twice already. Right, it's not a seven game series. Like you come off a, I, I like in that. Four I like in that. Twelve was it two thousand five? When the Celtics won in two thousand five, right? The Celtics won the national or the NBA championship two thousand five. The 2005? first five. Yeah. One, oh no, 2007, I'm sorry, 2007. Yeah. That first year of the Big Three. The first year of the Big Three yeah. that they won the title, right? The Pistons beat the Celtics, mm. I think, pretty handily that season, right? Because that was the matchup, right? It was Pistons, for the Celtics. team that's been going to the Eastern Conference Finals and winning yeah, championship, yeah. to the new Celtics, right? And mm-hmm. who's going to win that? And the Celtics went in and beat them in six, in a pretty handily six, to be fair. Yeah. You know what I mean? I like in that a lot. I don't know necessarily if the Lakers just go in and you know dominate you know the Clips necessarily, but I think you're seeing a lot of that early on with some of these matchups where I think people are getting a false narrative about who necessarily is best because I mean you can look at a Dallas team I think a Dallas team can beat anybody any night but can that's they beat can they beat them for set for four that's games what I mean. that's why I have the no NBA idea. is so hard is because right. when you're focusing straight on one team because right. it's hard playing the Clippers on a three and four days mm-hmm. and you're like oh now we have to play the Clippers now yeah. even though it's a home game right. it's not an easy one when you're especially if you get that two weeks off yep. basically for yep. the first mm-hmm. two rounds as a one seed mm-hmm. you're going to go into that game and just be like all right like here we go, right. going right into right. this absolutely seven games. So yeah. I think the Lakers' makeup right now is the best. I actually probably, I think the Bucks probably have the best chance. Yeah. Only because do you think the Bucks need to make a move in order to really just solidify them at all? Like, oh, uh, do, yeah. like do you think that there is there anybody where you can go? Okay, if they could somehow land maybe him or this guy or not, if, maybe not from the Pistons necessarily. Yeah, if they pulled a a decent or very good like forward yeah not even a center like a power forward or a small forward or mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. or even just the extra shooter yeah and they just get that one more piece because right now i think they could pretty much dominate up until at least the eastern conference finals yeah because right. they'll go they'll go right through anybody the nets yeah. at the, at the <laughs> yeah, eight right. seed or the right. magic and yeah. then they'll probably easily go through miami or the celtics mm-hmm. i don't see much problem there mm-hmm. so now your sixers are probably your biggest challenge right and right i think if you had that one extra luke Kennard ish just shooter or yeah. like a just like a nail like i will make this shot if right. you need me to right shoot it just sits I there think, and he yeah. waits for the ball yeah sits there and waits for the i ball. think i think that's a four or five game sweep and then you you play four four five yeah. and then you got you know the lakers or clippers coming out and they played Five six five six seven going into that series. Yeah, you're. Yeah, yeah. yeah you have a really, strong really good shot for sure. Interesting to see. Obviously, if any trades happen, especially regarding your Pistons, we'll obviously be on on top of that. I low key don't want them to get rid of Rose because I think he's hella fun to watch. And yeah, I think they will. I, I think they. I think they will. I think if he wants to, I think that's the biggest thing because yeah. they basically he might want to say it. Yeah, he may want to because you know his agents working for the Pistons weirdly mm-hmm. enough. So it's like you know it's kind of one of those things to where I feel like even if he was here next year and really kind of with a full team healthy and if they made it you have a lot of cap space next year right even if Drummond leaves Reggie's gone there's some moves the Pistons can definitely make in the next year or two so very interesting to watch it's gonna be fun all right let's jump now to squared circle here we got a couple things we want to talk about first thing we're going to talk about Tessa Blanchard wins the Impact Wrestling formerly known as TNA World Heavyweight Championship now Normally, right, it's one of those things where titles change hands all the time, right? We just saw NXT North American title change hands last week. The AEW tag titles just change hands. But this is a little bit different. Tessa Blanchard becoming the first woman in wrestling history to win a major promotions men's 
prolif, I guess, exclusively, world championship, right? The world championship. Not the women's title, the world championship. She beat Sammy Callahan in the main event. Um, a groundbreaking moment, honestly. Um, uh, some other women have done it maybe on a smaller scale, but not to this level. You know, they're pay-per-view distributors. You know, they, they're you know probably fourth or fifth biggest company, at least North America, if not the world, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, but... You know, what, your thoughts? Do you, is it is it the right move? Is it you know? I know I know. T- Impact is just trying to do whatever they can to kind of keep things fresh and give an indie vibe mm-hmm. to a bigger on a bigger scale. Yeah. Um, but was it the right move in your opinion? You know, we're, you know, we're, we're not sexist on this show, right? That we're we're an equal opportunity employer, I like to say. But point being is that okay. you know, do you think so just funny. just from a storyline and a booking perspective, is that necessarily the right move going forward? Because now you got to have you got guys challenging her, right? So yeah. it's like she just beat Sam Callahan, right? Who, by the way, great on him for doing the honors. But okay, so now you got like that Ty Valkyrie thing. Like, is she gonna challenge for the world title? She just dropped the knockouts. Like, does she challenge now for the world championship? So we got two women uh-huh. fighting for the world title, and then we have two other women fighting for the women's title, and yep. then we've got you know what I mean. So it's kind of like, what do you? What do you do, I guess, yeah. is, is the thing. I, I mean, are you in favor? Not so much? I mean, it's it's good for them, and I think you always have to just... I mean, we're it. talking about them, so there's yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, you have to, yeah, I mean, how many times have we talked about impact on this show? Maybe once. I, I think, think maybe. I think I think once. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that uh, you have to give it to the most over person, and mm-hmm. I really do think Tessa... Like, when, when you say impact wrestling, I think Tessa... Is the first name and I think that, and, and you've seen this and we've talked about not maybe not on air but we have talked about where you go that's where they're going you could feel it you know what yeah. I mean like she won the women and then she's always been fighting the guys almost won X division champion had this big feud Callahan wins the world title like okay yeah. we know what's gonna happen here. yeah I just yeah I just always look at it as like you don't want this guy to win but he's more over with mm-hmm. everybody so mm-hmm. like he should win it I think when you go the like the world title is like the face of the company right so. Who do you think of when you think of Impact Wrestling? Right. For me, it's Tessa right. or like Brian Cage or like the two. Right. And he's reason, not even there yeah. anymore. And he's not really <laughs> even there anymore. So it's probably Tessa like all day, every day. Yeah. Because just because like I've seen most of her matches. Yep. And she's really good at performing. Yeah. She has the look to be like the yeah. person oh, yeah, that the company sure. kind of Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. Sure. And so I just go. I think it was the right move because yeah. I think it's the name of the company. Do, like, do you worry at all about about them, you know, as far as a booking perspective of like, okay, so now say, right, name a guy on Impact's roster, right, whether it's Sammy again, whether it's, you know, a Rich Swan, or whether it's, you know, name a guy, you know, that could possibly challenge her, Ace Austin, who's the X Division champion right now, um, challenging her, and then so now you lose, right? Or, is there a problem with that? Or you beat him. Beat her right then is she just in the men's di- like do you have any do you have any like long term concerns as far as booking wise like how then do you book her winning and losing and like do you have more women start to come up and challenge for that title because I think that's a big conundrum I think you hurt your women's division a little bit just because like okay well if she can win the world title why the hell am I ever challenging for this title yeah. like why do we have a knockouts championship or a women's title what they yeah. call it, knockouts if I can just go win the world title. Yeah, well, see, I think that's the thing, but I think te- they've done a good job with Tessa mm-hmm. beating a lot of the women. Oh, yeah. To, like, to the point where it's like, I, like, 
I've beaten all of you, mm-hmm. so, like, you're not really on the same level. Like, if she was losing a lot, yeah. and all of a sudden was like, oh, but I'm going to challenge for that and win it. Right. Kind of like a WWE logic thing that they would do. <laughs> not, right. like, to throw shade, but that's something that's, right, like, sure. you drop a title and then you're challenging right. for one right after. Yeah. Or whatever. Um, I think that would make it, because then at that point you'd be like, I just beat Tessa and she's the world champ. Why am I not challenging her? But the fact that Tessa basically ran through the women's division for mm-hmm. a minute, mm-hmm. gave it to, like, okay, she won it and I get it because... I'm not on her level. She yeah, beat the sure. crap out of me. For sure. So I'm not on that level yeah. to like challenge you. Absolutely. Kind of thing. Yeah. You know, I, I mean? you know, I think this is, you know, I think it's a groundbreaking moment. I think it's historic in a lot of ways. Obviously, we will never see a day where the woman is the WWE champion. I mean, if oh, that no. if that would ever happen, I think, you know, like Charlotte would have already been champion at this point. Oh, yeah. Being honest, you yeah, know what I mean? Like, would have been right, right. You know what I mean? So, but, you know, to the fact that they did, they actually pulled the trigger on it. I said good on them for it. I think it's something that needed. Not necessarily it was something like wrestling was quote-unquote missing, but if they were going to do it, they did it in a smart, logical way where you finally got people so behind her where it was like it was just this culmination moment. Whether she's champion for five weeks or five months. You know what I mean? The fact that it happened, I think, is an historic moment in itself, regardless of personal. I know there's some stuff that came out about Tessa, like right as she was winning the title, that she's kind of a bully or something like that. I heard, heard some of that stuff, but I don't know her, so I don't really care. But point being is that she's the world champion, and the fact that she got that opportunity is, is pretty is pretty exciting. What's going on here? Oh, is this the World's yeah, Climate Show? Uh, yeah. Oh, there we go. That, yes. they're, just, they're unveiling the new uh, NXT Cruiserweight, Cruiserweight title here as we're, as we're so, filming. So, Rob... Really wanted to see it. So yeah, now it's we're fun to see. So yeah. I will segue into yeah. uh, Ring of Honor in New Japan is what we're going to talk about next. Yeah, and how Marty Scroll now you see in their next in one of their mm-hmm. next upcoming shows, one of yep. their bigger shows that's coming up, their yep. Super Card of Honor show. Yep. Uh, a lot of New Japan guys are coming through. Yeah, and maybe a new connection is there, Rob. How yep. we? Fe- I mean, how are we feeling about that? Well, I, I'm excited. I'm I'm legitimately thrilled. Oh, so yeah, so yeah, it's definitely. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, but no, honestly, I am legitimately excited. I think it needs to happen. We were just talking about off air. New Japan just ran a show as of this record. I think yesterday. Uh, so two days ago or three days ago, when you guys hear this. Um, where it was a six six match card, right? I think it was in Long Beach, and the last match was a f- eight man elimination tag. That ain't gonna get a job done in, in any in any circumstance, right? I'm sorry, but it's just not right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you didn't have your big stars on that show. It just was not what you wanted, right? But they're doing the Super Card of Honor again, right? Jay White's gonna be there. Um, I know is Osprey gonna be there on the show. Yeah. Osprey's gonna be on the show, right? Uh, just to name a couple, but the fact that they are doing business again with Ring of Honor is humongous, you know, because it's great for Ring of Honor because I think it kind of spurns their business a little bit with Marty taking over as Booker. I think the NWA is back with Ring of Honor again, obviously, because you saw Nick Aldis make an appearance. Mm-hmm. The fact that these three companies, New Japan is obviously the biggest of the three, right? But the fact that they're trying to get an American stronghold partnering up with a Ring of Honor and then the NWA also partnering up with Ring of Honor, you're getting a lot of matchups and you're getting a super league almost in a way where like, okay, we're seeing these big cards now where anytime, right? Like I don't think Ring of Honor was bigger than when at least on a on a on a money making scheme, right? You can argue, you know, when Brian Danielson and Samojo they were doing better performances, whatever. But from a money making possibility, they were never bigger than when they were doing stuff with Japan, mm-hmm. right? When you had Naito and Tanahashi, those people, Adam Cole was there, O'Reilly, Roderick Strong, all these guys, right, were there. But you also had them making appearances in Japan and people in Japan making appearances for Ring of Honor. Those were the biggest times because you make those guys seem important because you can see them everywhere. With the NWA now joining in as well. 
Okay, now you got Nick Aldis. Now we got James Storm and Cole Cabana, and we've got another subset of guys coming out where you're going, yes. Mm-hmm. You know, it makes it makes it where talent can go to multiple places. And even if it's not continuous storylines on the same place, the fact that Marty can go to the NWA and win the NWA title and still then come to Ring of Honor and do his thing, and then Japan can come in and do his and their thing, and you do these matches where you go once or twice a year to face WrestleMania or to face a SummerSlam and go, wow, okay, you know, and using Ring of Honor for Japan as a platform to go, hey, look at all of our stars. Mm-hmm. And then you grow from there, I think is, A, it does nothing but help you, mm-hmm. too, and I think it kind of supplements your each other's brands a little bit because you have people that you can see in all three where you go, okay, these people are exclusive to Ring of Honor, but oh man, he just jumped over to the NWA. Now he's in the NWA too. Okay, now we get this match for mm-hmm. this. And then, oh, but here we over here, right? We've got this going on. And then, you know, it combats it a little bit with AEW coming and taking a lot of this top independent talent. It is fortifying what talent is left out there and making them kind of be like, hey, by the way, we're still here. I know. It's almost like a unique thing where you have like, WWE, AEW, and then just a mix of a the mix. three. Right, like exactly. Like, and it's not all the time, right? No. It's not like, okay, I don't want to see Nick Aldis versus Marty Scurll on two different shows. Yeah. I don't want to see that. What I do want to see, though, is that when you're building into these super card shows, right, you see some intermingling. Or, mm-hmm. you know, a guy pops up here, over yeah. here, and over here. Like, Flip Gordon, wrestling for the NWA, is good. Mm-hmm. And then he goes back to the Ring of Honor, and he does this thing there. But then you've got, now I see Flip Gordon versus, you know, Tama Tonga in a singles match, you know, on one of the tours that they do. That's the kind of stuff that makes people want to yeah. go watch. Well, yeah, because then it's just like you, you mix all this talent, so you get right. more of the talent that you want to watch. Yep. And it's yep. just you can intermingle the storylines, so you have more dates yep. and stuff to set stuff up. Mm-hmm. And I think, and then your big shows now you can have three world title matches on exactly. because you could have the Ring of Honor world title, yep. NWA world title, yep. and IWGP heavyweight title all like on yep. the same show exactly. being defended. Exactly. And it just makes these shows like man, you yeah, like you, how are you gonna miss? Like, what are you gonna do? You gonna watch this and not watch Mania? Are you gonna watch Mania and not like what are you gonna do? Yeah. Like, there's things to be made. Obviously, you make you make it appointment viewing for whatever you want, but. The fact that you're trying to elevate all these people, yeah. it gives more people for everybody to go out and beat and win and all that stuff like that. It's really just... Can we, yeah, can we just talk about how, yeah. like, WrestleMania weekend now is just, like, a banger every year now? Because you're going to have NXT on Friday because yeah. they do the Hall, Hall of Fame, Fame thing on Saturday. Saturday. Yep. But then Saturday is going to be the Supercard Honor Show. So that no has, one's watching the Hall of yeah, Fame. <laughs> so no one's going to watch the Hall of Fame until Bret Hart gets attacked again. Run, and then on Sunday, you get, you, get, <laughs> you get WrestleMania. Yeah. So you get three straight days of just, like... Remember last year... When we when we we did the weekend and we were like, this is a lot. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was a lot. Oh yeah, because like, the G1 Supercar was. Yeah, that was that same day. Yeah, yep, yeah, yeah. exactly. We were going by the end uh, of it. We were like, holy. Yeah, crap. we're like, oh wait, and Manius and Manius could be the one. I know. Three. I know. It's crazy. crazy. All, right, All right. Cool. That's gonna be it for this week's episode. As a reminder, guys, right? This episode is gonna go live Monday. Obviously, you know about it, but we have a quick hitter episode coming out. Tuesday. So make sure you guys listen for that. We're talking all about Super Bowl. So if you want to hear about Super Bowl, wait till Tuesday morning, 7 a.m. That's when that quick hitter episode is going to be released. Only on podcast form, not on YouTube. Specifically for our podcast listeners, quick hitter series episode. I think it's number seven. Second Super Bowl we're going over for quick hitter. Niners, Chiefs. That's going to be it for the Missing Whale Man, for the Merc Zone. I'm the Mouth of Michigan, and we will see you guys as always next time.